beds were made, half the towels were there, but none of the glassware or cups, coffee cups or anything had been replaced. So I called down to the front desk and I asked if I could get replacement stuff. Just, you know, just I'll come down and pick it up. It's, I know everybody's short staffed, right? It's okay. No, 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 Ms. Kaufman. No, no, we'll have somebody. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, where it's all about believing in and executing on different and innovative ways to strengthen both your leadership and communication skills to help increase your success, and especially in today's disruptive business environment. One of the most effective ways of building stronger leadership and communication skills is by embracing the principles of improvisation. (laughs) Yes, that's right, improv. Your host, Peter Margaritas, is an improv virtuoso. He's also a certified speaking professional and a CPA, also known as the Accidental Accountant. Each episode of Change Your Mindset is designed to bring you different and innovative ideas, thoughts, and behavioral changes on a variety of differing topics, with the sole purpose of strengthening your critical soft skills. We may call them soft skills, but they are the hardest to master. And when we do, greater success and growth is the result. So jump in and start changing your mindset now. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Change Your Mind podcast, where we explore the power of shifting perspectives to create a more fulfilling and joyful life. And today we have a very special guest who knows a thing or two about changing perspectives, Roxanne Kaufman. The Road Warrior has moved a whopping 22 times before graduating high school. That's more moves than people make in a lifetime. But don't worry, folks, she's not a professional fugitive or anything like that. Roxanne's had a nomadic upbringing. And as we all know, change is the only constant in life. And Roxanne has certainly had her fair share of it. Roxanne's nomadic tendencies didn't stop after high school. She's also been a business road warrior traveling the country and possibly the world by planes, trains, and automobiles. As we all know, traveling for work can be both exciting and exhausting. Roxanne has a knack for it, and I'm sure she's picked up some valuable lessons and insights along the way. So get ready to buckle up, folks, as we hear from Roxanne about her experiences as a business road warrior and how she managed to maintain a positive and adaptable mindset despite all the challenges and changes that come with life on the go. But before we get to the interview, a few housekeeping items to take care of. Off Script, Mastering the Art of Business Improv is available for purchase on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. If you want to learn more about the book or order a copy, go to offscriptimprov.com and order your copy by clicking the click to order button. If you want to buy 10 or more books, please contact me so I can offer you a bulk discount. You can reach me through my email at peter at petermargaritas.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Also, please subscribe to and share this podcast episode with a friend. Also, please visit my YouTube channel, Peter A. Margaritas, CSP, CPA, Biz Improv Virtuoso, where you can see previous podcast video episodes along with this one. While you're there, just hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any updates. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, 
that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders. A story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in person and on site at your location or at an off-site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Let's get to the interview with Roxanne Kaufman. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm extending our conversation that uh, I had on the last episode with Jennifer Elder, I've invited my very good friend, Roxanne Kaufman, to be on the podcast today. And Roxanne has been traveling all, all of her life, and, and you wouldn't believe how many times. So I'll just, I'm just kind of leave it at that. So Roxanne, first and foremost, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to spend some time with me on the podcast. Are you kidding me, Peter? I love talking with you on your podcast and listening to it all the time. It's always great. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're welcome. So you earlier in your life, prior to, let's say, the last five years, you probably traveled more than the average human being or maybe a president of the United States. So can you share some of that with us? <laughs> I would say that's fair. And it's absolutely true. So I came from a traveling family. Right. Uh, my dad was a, a salesman and we went lots of different places. When I graduated from high school, we had moved 22 times. Uh huh. I just thought that was normal for kids. I just thought that's what everybody did. I learned later in life that it wasn't, but it just kind of got in my blood, I guess. So I've always traveled and kind of roamed around and landed in different places. The um, the really extensive business travel started when I went to work with um, a corporation out on the East Coast that was also had manufacturing headquarters in Germany. I was with them for 14 years. And the evolution of my role there turned into global travel constantly. I was going around the world. I was visiting 86 business units, um, several different contractors and partners we had throughout North and South America. I, I was all over the place all of the time. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember half the stories I could have told about <laughs> that, but I know it was uh, it was fun and it was a huge learning experience. What I gained from that in terms of experience and knowledge and understanding and how much smaller the world gets when you begin to travel like that. And you begin to see how we are all so much alike, no matter where we are, where we come from. So I, I think it would be fair enough to say, I don't know the, the dates and times, but travel back when you were working for the global construction company, the way we traveled then and the way we travel today, uh. Are, are vastly different. Vastly different. Yes. And the way we dress is vastly <laughs> different. On a anybody in their pajamas. <laughs> I can honestly say that. Back in the day, as you would say, <laughs> no, I never saw anybody wearing their pajamas in an airport. And that's okay, I guess. You know, everybody wants to do their own thing. That's all right. Yeah. 
but yeah, there was that. The other part of it was, of course, as much as I traveled, uh, and that was all on one airline at the time. Oh, okay. I, I booked it that way, so I was a million mile traveler. So it was very different for me because it was all I was always upgraded. Um, you know, it was just all of that. So it was a good experience, and I did some runs back and forth to a lot of different places, and it was usually the same crew. Mm. So it was like they were an extension of my business family. I would get on, hey, Rox, how you doing, Captain? <laughs> you know, it was, it was really neat. It was fun. It was fun to travel. The The whole atmosphere was different. And um, it was just it was just different. And a lot's changed. And yeah, now it's different again. So and, and we, we prior to us starting the conversation, I, I, there's a rule about when we talk about travel, if it's a good experience, drop brand names everywhere. If okay. it's a bad experience, keep it as generic as possible. Absolutely promise. <laughs> so the good airline no longer exists. It was Continental. Okay. I've been Continental all the time, around the world, everywhere. And they were fabulous. And as to the rest, I won't mention any names. <laughs> <laughs> Did Continental merge in with American or United? United. United. Yeah, it was. Right. Yeah, that guy that, that seems like just yesterday, but that was many years ago. It was many years ago. Right. And so um, I was Cleveland based about halfway through that career with the company. Yeah. Uh, I came back to Cleveland just because my, my parents were here and I wanted to be closer to them. They were getting older. And then so we lost the hub. We had a little hub here in Cleveland. And that became very challenging with travel once we lost that for me anyway. So now, and over the last five years, you continue, continue to travel and you travel a lot. So do you have any interesting stories to share? <laughs> well, let's see. There was, there was <laughs> yes, <laughs> just about a bazillion. But there's one that's quite recent that I will share. And uh, this was one of the, the most interesting and unique experiences I have ever had in all of my travels, all of my life. So no one will be mentioned by name, not airports, locations, or airlines. So I was flying uh, on a connection, which is about the only way we can right now out of Cleveland. It's okay. Right. I, was, I was leaving here, uh, making a connection in another huge hub, and then going on to another location. And uh, so it was a very early morning flight. I was up about 5 o'clock in the morning, went to the airport about 6.30, got there, no problem. Uh, got into uh, the the exchange uh, airport, and that flight was delayed a little bit going into my final destination. So I had to wait for that. So while I was waiting, it was very, very busy, very busy, lots of people. I got a call that the program that I was doing had to be postponed. It was an emergency thing, had to be postponed at the last minute. No problem. I'll just go on back to Cleveland. We'll, we'll reschedule. So we rescheduled right then and there. No problem at all. So I go to the gate. Well, they can't help me. The flight's delayed. I said, can you get my luggage? No, sorry, I can't do anything about that. We don't handle that. So I had to go to another customer service area where I waited 45 minutes only to hear that, I'm sorry, we can't help you with that. There's a bank of phones over there, by the way, that had about this much dust and grime, and it was very interesting. You have to pick up that phone. I'm going to try to make this as short as I can because this could go on and on. Picked up the phone, and on the other hand, end I heard, "Hello, this is airlines." Hello, 
And I couldn't understand a word they were saying. They were talking on a cell phone that didn't work or was breaking up or whatever. So I just finally hung up and I called, which I should have done in the first place, the emergency number of the airline. Mm -hmm. Told them what my problem was. And they said, no worries. I'm going to put you on hold for a little bit and I will get back to you. I will find your luggage and I'll find you a different flight home. I said, great. <laughs> 90 minutes later. 90? 90 minutes later, one hour and 30 minutes later, this person came back on the phone and said, well, I found your luggage and it's on your, it's on its way to your final destination. Great. There are three flights returning back for you today. All of them are overbooked. But I have you on standby for each one. All you have to do is walk down to the end of the concourse and wait. The first one is in concourse XYZ. The second one is in concourse ABC. And that's in a completely another universe than the one that I just. <laughs> and then and these were all mid-afternoon to late afternoon flights. The third one is at 1130 tonight. So, of course, that's the only one that I got on. But I certainly did, you know, get my steps in that day. <laughs> right? So um, I stopped to have a bite to eat after I knew I wasn't getting on the on anything to 1130. I had a bite to eat, made my way to the gate and knew that I had gotten something that went sideways. Food oh, poisoning. oh, <laughs> oh, I mean, come on, really, universe, come on. <laughs> You're hitting the trilogy here of, of a bad travel nightmare. So to, to end the agony of this entire saga, I finally did get back to Cleveland. I got here about... 1.30 in the morning, thank God, some, some airline agents were still there. I went over, they tracked my luggage. They said they'd get it tomorrow sometime and drop it off. So I went to the taxi stand. Well, there are no taxis at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't even get an Uber home. So I'm dialing all the taxi cabs, all the trying to get somebody. I uh, It was another 30 minutes. So at 2.30, a taxi picked me up and took me home, and I got home at three o'clock on Tuesday morning. I had left at six o'clock on Monday morning. Wow! <laughs> so, Can you imagine? I mean, when the, when it starts following me and the dominoes go. You know, I've had some travel nightmares. Nothing quite quite like that. It go was the poisoning that really kind of did me in. It was. <laughs> The flight attendants were wonderful. They were so helpful. They were just really, they said, you do what you need to do. We're right here. We'll help you. And, you know, just, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think for a lot of non-business travelers, they would run into something like that and they'd lose their noodle and they would lose, they would lose, their head would explode. Mm -hmm. and it maybe it may be even to a point that they would, Yell at flight flight attendants. Yell oh, at gate agents. No, no. Uh -uh. Uh, and uh, and then get back and you know get their typewriter out and write a typewritten letter to the president of the airline. You know, using all kinds of language and swearing that they're going to just drive from now on and never experience an airplane again. Right. How did you not do that? Or 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 maybe you did do that. And you haven't flown since. <laughs> I did not do that. I would never do that under those circumstances. None of this. I mean, their customer service was terrible. Yeah. Um, really, really failed in that regard. 
But I also understand, I mean, we got to understand the times we're in right now. I, there aren't enough staff working anywhere, right? right? And just all of that. And yes, I was miserable. And yes, I was just trying to keep myself together. Absolutely. But I would never take that out on another human being. It wasn't their problem. It was mine. Uh, I would have loved to have, you know, pound a wall or a pillow or something. There wasn't any of that available. So you just don't, you know, you, you just kind of have to take it all in stride and and realize this stuff happens. It It is. It was the most traumatic experience that I've had flying anywhere. And I was glad that I had the week book that I didn't have anything I had to follow up on after, immediately after that. So I had a few days to gather myself together again. So it was OK. It was just it's a great story now. I just tell it and laugh. <laughs> OK. What else could happen? I guess the, the plane could have fallen out of the sky, <laughs> but it didn't. So you know what? And I got home safe and sound yeah. and I got my luggage. It was all good. I guess I guess the worst thing that could have happened is as on your flight back, you run into some pretty uh, unruly turbulence versus, that, versus that, the coming out of the sky. Yeah, there, there was some, but it wasn't egregious turbulence. It was right. mediocre, but it was just enough to you know keep me on my toes, so to speak. Have you ever been on a flight with with pretty bad turbulence? Yeah, actually, I was in a flight that almost crashed. It was years ago. I was flying from, uh, I think it was Chicago into Buffalo, New York. And uh, we got caught in a in a blizzard that was coming in. They tried to get this plane out and into Buffalo. We came through a blizzard. And I mean, we were dropping hundreds of feet and going back up and coming back down. The plane's going like this the whole, I knew I was dead. I knew I was dead. It was the last plane that landed in Buffalo for days after that. And we were lucky to get down alive. I think I'd rather have food poisoning. That would be actually. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I've I've experienced some some bad turbulence. And you, and you hear about, especially some overseas flights again to really bad, bad turbulence. But I'm not an engineer. Do I play one on a train or even on <laughs> or nothing like that? But there must be something the way that how the plane is designed that it can withstand that type of stress on the on the frame to maintain itself you know it's funny you say that peter because i talked to i had an uncle at the time he's passed now but um i called him a few days later and told him about this he was uh he was in the uh, air force he was a um a fighter jet pilot okay. and i asked him about that and he explained to me that planes are built that they it feels terrible when you're in it but the plane is balancing on all the air. And he went through all of the technical explanation. I don't remember what, but it really did make me feel better. He said, you really don't have much to worry about. It takes a lot to bring a plane down just with turbulence. They said they are built to, to withstand that. Yeah. And I, I think that's something I keep trying to remind myself when I'm in the middle of some pretty gnarly turbulence going, this, thing's, they, this thing is not going to crash. It's it's going to make, it's just going to, we'll just go, oh, oh okay, here we go again. Okay. Well, exactly. all right. <laughs> Grab your stomach and bring it back down. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you get your seatbelt on. Yeah, and your heart over here. Put that. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So um, do you have any fabulous stories about traveling that was just, you know, whether it's a plane, whether it's a hotel, whether it's a I do. dinner? I do. Okay. Um, several years ago, my sister and my niece and I took a train trip. From, yeah, from uh, well, they came in from 
uh, Massachusetts, I'm trying to think of it, Springfield. They got on the train in Springfield and I met them in Chicago. I took a, I took the train up to a flyer. It doesn't matter. Anyway, we met in Chicago and went out to Sacramento, California on the train. So it's a couple nights, couple days. It's the most fabulous way to travel for me. I love it. We had we had little sleeper cars. We had private yeah. sleeper cars, and uh, I love excuse me going to the the dining car and just watching the you go across America and you can go north and go south. You know, I just love. I find it very relaxing, very enjoyable, and uh, I take all my my journals and my books and you just kind of cave in, and it's just the most. Um, the most relaxing and the most fun time, you, even if you do it by yourself. I mean, of course, we had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. It's just a wonderful experience. And you meet some very unusual and interesting people. <laughs> and it's fun. It's like it's old world stuff because of the porters and the way they take care of you and yeah. just the whole the whole atmosphere and the protocols of train travel. It's really cool. I, I, I've never taken a train trip like that. I, I mean, I've ridden Amtrak on the East Coast because it's a lot easier. It's a lot Sure. But uh, my buddy, John Kelly, the chief people officer at White Castle, he took a train trip from Vancouver, Canada, across, not all the way across Canada, but about halfway. And he, what, what he posted on Facebook, and he still talks about this day, that's something I would love to do is take a train trip across anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I will definitely do it again. I will definitely do it again. So how is the how is the the food? Was it? I was think it's it, wonderful. I think it's great. Better than airplane food in 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 the main cabin. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it might not be better than airplane food in first class. Uh, it depends. It depends upon the airline, and it depends yeah. how long you're on the plane and all that. But, but they do a great job. They have chefs on the on the trains, just like they yeah. just like the chefs that prepare the food for the airlines. Yeah. Yeah, it's really quite quite fun. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. That, that would be fun. So we've talked about business travel and and but is there a favorite place that you like to go to to vacation? Well, to vacation? Hmm. I haven't done a lot of vacationing in my life. You know, I I've traveled so much for <laughs> business that it's always kind of blended in. You know, I would go in a weekend before Loved going out to uh, Nevada and Arizona when I was traveling for business. I would go out there and spend time. It was great. As far as cities go, cities to go play in and have fun in, absolutely Boston and Chicago are my favorites. Love doing that. But as far as vacation travel, um, I love going to the United Kingdom. I love going overseas. I haven't done that in a while. I have another trip planned coming up to do that again, uh, which will be lovely. Looking forward to it. I don't really have a favorite. It kind of depends. There's places I want to go that I've never been. So that'll be fun. But you're Irish. Haven't you been? Haven't you been to Ireland? No, thank you for. Yes, I did. I did go to Ireland several years ago. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I want to go back. What was the best part of Ireland? Uh, The pubs. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep throwing you softballs. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was all that was great. It was really the people and just the countryside. It's a beautiful, beautiful country it's just amazing and i love the people and you know you get little one lane roads everywhere you go and it's just navigating the whole place and learning about the culture so when you do travel for vacation or overseas or whatever do you still maintain the business 
traveler's mindset? No, no, not when I'm traveling for for personally. Me, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by business mindset. Well, my, my, my business, my, I still try, when I travel for like for vacation, I still have that business mindset. Get out of my way. I got a place to be. Oh, oh. <laughs> quit, 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 quit walking down the concourse at Atlanta Hartsfield Airport, a family of 30, and you're, you know, you're the block in the way that I got to get from A to B. Yes, absolutely. That is a constant. Yes. That's just why people stop dead in the middle of a concourse and think they're the only person there. I just will never really get that, but that's okay. And people who are talking on their cell phones as loud as they possibly can and having private conversations and business conversations. Okay, well, I'll just look at it as entertainment, I guess. <laughs> I just don't understand. Oh my God, there's this guy on a, I got upgraded first on a flight to Delta coming back into Columbus. And this guy had on Bose noise canceling and he was using that to talk. He was using that to talk with and everybody in first class could hear everything he was saying, but he couldn't hear himself. And then at some point he took the headphones off and I actually said, could you not wear the headphones? Because we're hearing everything you're saying, and we really don't want to hear your conversation. And he took offense to that. Nobody else on the took offense to that, but he took offense that I said something to him. Oh my God! Let me tell you something along those lines. So, back in in my in my big travel days with the corporate with the global corp, um, I was coming back from a huge global trade show, and you know all of our competitors are there. You know, all, all friends and family, of course, but they're competitors. I'm riding back and there are two fellows sitting behind me talking in their loud voices about all of their new product launches that are coming up, all of their finances, all of their uh, inner business stuff. And I thought, oh, my God, if this isn't competitive intel, I said, I just I, I can't I can't. So I got up and I leaned over the back of the seats and said, I told him who I work for. Yeah. And I said, guys you probably don't want me to know everything you're talking about. I promise you, I'm not going to use it. I promise you, I just heard way more than you want me to know. I'm not going to use it, but you've got to stop talking now. They were mortified. Really, think about it. Okay, so could you tell if they had had a few cocktails? What, but of course they did. Okay. Just making sure, just making <laughs> sure. At those things, that's all we do, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So have you, have, I mean, besides the two guys, have you ever sat by somebody on a flight that you didn't know? And by the time you got off the plane? You friends? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do that when I'm on layovers too. You sit down, you know, have a cup of tea or a glass of wine or a good bourbon or something. And somebody will sit down. I have so many cards from best friends I've met doing that. Yeah. I was on a flight from Atlanta to Columbus and got upgraded first sit next to this guy. His name is John Barlow. And John and the flight attendant came by and said, would you, would you like anything to drink? And I said, you first. And he goes, I'll take a Woodford on the, on the rocks. I went, I'm having what he's having. <laughs> so, knowing that he's a bourbon guy. Yeah. And we started talking about bourbon and stuff. And we went into life. And I said, do you have any kids? He goes, yeah. I said, how old? And they were younger than Steven. And he goes, um, oh, God, he asked me a question. And I, and I had this really funny comeback to him. He goes, it really, he goes, yeah, I said, you know, they get to an age. Kids get to an age, you know, and I, I cross my fingers like this. You know, when, he, when they're really young, we're, we're just 
you know, with best right. buds because I'm the smartest, dad's the smartest person in the world. Then they grew up a little bit and they're kind of like still think we're cool, but they're not as that. And then when they get to be 12 and I went like this, and for those of you watching the TV, basically I just gave a bird, the bird is that's how I felt from, from 12. Uh, it's probably at sometimes even to 22 right now. I thought, I thought, I thought this poor guy was going to lose his mind. He was just laughing hysterically. And he stopped and goes, were you kidding? I went, no, there's some truth in that. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. And actually, I stayed in contact with him for about a, a year or so after that. That's great. Yeah. You. Yeah, it happens. Sure. And and then, oh, who have, now have you sat next to somebody who's just absolutely bat crap crazy? Oh, yeah. I won't stop talking. Wants to like know everything about you and certainly yeah. want you to know everything about them. Yeah. Yeah. I usually say, I, I'm so sorry. I planned this time to get some work done. You know, I'll be gracious to let them talk yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. But no, that's just, that's insane. I did meet a gal one time, though, when I was doing my Las Vegas runs. Uh, that was for conferences, not for gambling or playing. <laughs> and she ended, she was, um, she was one of the concierge at uh, the MGM and we stayed there when we went out there. So we got to be best buddies and she would upgrade me, upgrade me every, every, for years after that. Every time I went out, all I had to do was call her and she would upgrade me to a suite. Oh, nice. Oh my God. It was, everybody was so jealous. Cause yeah. I had this huge suite in Las Vegas that like on the top, not the top floor, but on the high floor of the MGM it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yeah, I, I met one of the restaurant coming back from Vegas. Uh, I met one of the restaurant owners. I can't remember what hotel, what the name of the restaurant is. And we just we just sat there and talked through the whole trip. Yeah. Uh, and he said, next time you can, I've got it written down somewhere. It's 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 in my phone. He says, just give my name and they'll take care of you. And I don't have it. I haven't been back to Vegas since. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Oh. <laughs> There's there's some interesting stories that we that we have when when we fly and, and and the people that we meet and you know what there's also the kids sitting behind you that's screaming his brains out, his or her brains out and that we're just going oh I, you know and people around are just getting so upset and and uh, I I Stephen I when he was six months seven months old I had upgraded myself to first class with him we were going to to Florida. And he did not like the flight from, from the, we were flying from Columbus to Detroit and he was screaming, he was screaming the whole way. Oh no. And just on the, cause his, the pressure in his ears, he's like, he's like Curly O'Neill from the three stooges. on. The <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And everybody except for one person was really gracious because they all had, they all experienced it. And when I tried to get off the flight, when I was walking off the flight, I tried to get my luggage because I was going to drive back to Columbus and not put anybody through the trip. To, and, and luckily, the people in Detroit were very nasty and wouldn't let me get my luggage and told me how to continue to fly down. So this is 20 some odd years ago. And when I landed, I just, it was just, it was, it was rough. And I just looked at my mother and I went, he's yours for a while. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm going to go find a bottle of something to pour myself into it right now. I mean, my hair was all over the place. It was. Uh, yeah. uh, that's hard. I don't get upset with the with yeah. baby stuff. You can't. Babies are babies. They do what they do. And the poor parents, you know, they can't. Just take your plugs. Right. When, when I see the poor parents face, especially if they're right around me, I'll go, you know what? My kid did this one time, too. So don't everybody's everybody's 
knows what you're going through. It's okay. You're not. Yeah. I'm going to start carrying a package of, of earplugs and just get up and hand them out to people. If we've got <laughs> one, just make sure nobody complains. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So as, as we wrap up, do you have any, I, well, you said you're, you're, you're leaving soon for someplace. Mm-hmm. So th- is that business or is that pleasure? No, that's just that that's a, a personal trip that I'm taking to go visit with some family. Cool. Mm-hmm. And they're taking it. Is it is it international flight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope you got upgraded. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Looking forward to that one. Well, I hope you I hope you have a wonderful, uneventful on time. Thank you. Thank you. So do I. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it should yeah. be fine. When, when usually I, I get to a location, they go, "How was your trip?" I like to go. It's very. It was very uneventful. <laughs> it was very uneventful. That's very, right. The plane took off. The plane landed. The plane took off. The plane landed. It was on time. Everything was cool. Nobody lost their mind, and my 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 luggage made it safely. And that's the way we wanted to. So do I have a few minutes to tell you just one other story? And it's not about a flight. It's about a hotel. Absolutely. Okay. Because this one is like one for the record books. Okay. Oh, okay. So I stay at this hotel all the time on one of my business trips. It's a place I go regularly. And uh, there were just, there were just a series of things that were taking place that were just not, it was just, it was, um, forgetfulness on the part of the staff. It was just not paying attention to things. There's loud music playing all night. It was supposed to have been turned off. There were just things that were happening, right? That were just being very disruptive. So I got back to my room after a very long day of meetings and it had been partially cleaned. So the beds were made, half the towels were there, but none of the glassware or cups, coffee cups or anything had been replaced. So I called down to the front desk and I asked, if I could get replacement stuff, just, you know, just uh, I'll come down and pick it up. It's I know everybody's short staffed, right? It's okay. No, 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 Ms. Kaufman. No, no. We'll have somebody come up right away and take care of that for you. And I said, thank you. So 15, 20 minutes later, there's a tap at the door. <laughs> this is the truth. I do not exaggerate. I open the door and there's a man standing there with an apron tied around his waist and he's holding a plastic spray bottle with blue liquid in it and a towel. <laughs> oh, okay. I said, oh, thank you. I, I, you're here to help me with some of the, the room things, the service of the room. And he just shook his head. So he came in and he starts looking around. <laughs> and I said, the glasses and the cups and stuff are right there. And he doesn't say a word. So he walks over and he picks them all up. And I think he's going to walk out and bring in fresh replacements. He goes into my bathroom he starts washing the glassware and the cups by hand with Windex or whatever was in this bottle. Now it's 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. I have to go to a dinner. <laughs> what do I do with this? This is weird. A strange man wearing an apron with blue spray in a towel is washing dishes in my bathroom. <laughs> so I fall over laughing. This is so ridiculous. Or what? I certainly am not going in the bathroom after him. It's like, that's too weird. So he comes out with all the clean glassware. And I said, thank you. Had I known you were going to wash the dishes, I would have been happy to do that myself. You really didn't need to do that. 
And he just shakes his head and he starts to walk out. And I said, excuse me, I said, do you have any coffee for the morning? <laughs> he props my door open, leaves it open, and he leaves for like another 10 minutes and then comes back. The spray bottle is not with him anymore, nor is the towel. This is a good thing. <laughs> he reaches in his apron pockets and he pulls out these pods for this like curing machine or whatever. And he starts putting them all in the drawers and everything. I said, thank you very much. It's good. I'm good. I got this. It's okay. And he left. I did write the, I did talk to the manager about this at the hotel and they did refund some of the, some of the room charges. It was just, I, I really, I mean, that's, I don't, if anybody has ever had that experience, I'd like them to, to send a, a note to your podcast and say, yeah, I had that happen. I've never heard of such a thing before. Went down to dinner that night. My colleagues were all sitting around and I ordered a cocktail. We sat down and I said, I just I I, I have to vet the story. I, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> they were all on the floor. They were just falling out over this. They were laughing so hard to that's just bizarre. It must have been his first day, and they when they said, <laughs> take go take to room 1412 clean glasses he said all he heard was i need to go clean the glasses <laughs> i think that's right i think that's right so anyway that was just one of the most bizarre so thank you for giving me a few extra minutes to share that that one is just hilarious oh my god what a way to end the podcast <laughs> so there you go i had a i had a dishwasher in my room you, you can't even you can't even make that stuff up you can't you? make it up peter you can't make that stuff up no uh -oh. oh my god! Oh my stomach's. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That that has to be the all-time funniest travel story <laughs> I think I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Crazy. Uh, I, I I hope for my audience who's listening that you're not that you're not driving while you're listening to especially <laughs> this last story because and if you are I hope you pulled off the side of the road. <laughs> you might have wrecked. Um, well, yeah. Ross, I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't get that out of my head. And I cannot unsee that. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't thank you for taking time today. It's my pleasure. Always, Peter. I always love these stories. I love sharing stories with you. Oh my God. That's, that's, that's priceless. That's priceless. <laughs> I look forward to the, I look forward to the next, well, Hopefully the next time we get you back on the podcast, we can find Brian somewhere. <laughs> Brian, Brian, still, Brian still on the milk carton. Still yeah. on the milk carton. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, it's it's not so much of an inside joke, but on season six, episode one, I was trying to get Brian, Roxanne, Nick, and myself together because every time we're, we're, we do this, it's an absolute blast. Well, we couldn't find Roxanne or Brian. And so Nick had done a, uh, uh, a virtual background and put their, put their portraits on milk carton bottles because we couldn't find them. So Have you the, seen this person? Yeah. And milk carton musings with Pete and, and Nick. So, it's hilarious. Absolutely. It was so funny. Well, thank you, Peter. Oh, thank you. And I look forward to the next time our paths cross. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. Take good care. Safe right. travels, uneventful travels to you. Yes, safe, uneventful travels for you too. Thank you very much.
I would like to thank Roxanne for sharing her travel stories, especially the one about her own in-room glass washer. That one is a classic. Remember folks, there are people who prefer to say yes, and there are people who prefer to say no. Those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have, and those who say no are rewarded by the safety they attain. Be a yes person, and thank you for listening. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.